Welcome to Art Talk with April, Season 2. I'm April Harris of Inked April, located in Birmingham, Alabama. This season, we'll be talking with new artists and professional expert artists. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Art Talk with April. Today, we have a very talented and very interesting David Lozo, an artist that, where are you located at, David? I'm in San Diego, California. San Diego. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm over in Alabama. Not a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I have so many questions for you. Let's just get started. Let's just get into it. Um, how did you get interested in art? Were you doing this as a child? Did you have a class? Where did you creativity come from for sure as a kid I was a kid who got in trouble um, in the old days when you used to have to wrap your textbooks um, with you know so they didn't get wrecked I mean I drew all over them I drew all over desks I was constantly getting in trouble for drawing all over stuff I mean I would draw little war scenes I mean just things that little <laughs> boys draw you know just all over everything always into art um, I had a, a, an aunt who was a um, an artist and a graphic designer and that really kind of gave me early direction that one, you can do a job that's creative and that adults do art. Cause you know, as a kid, you don't realize that. So besides seeing Bob Ross on TV, I didn't really have any other influences <laughs> besides her. So it kind of gave me direction to really in, in high school, taking all the art classes and basically put me on a path to going to college for um, graphic design and a fine art minor. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So did you, when you graduated, did you go into graphic design and do all of that? Yeah. And I, I did that for, I mean, I still do that now, but I did that as a full-time job for basically until the art was full-time. So I was yeah. full-time graphic designer and I didn't do any art for about seven years after college wow. because graphic design was kind of my, my influence. It was, it was my, um, my, it was feeding all those needs for creativity. Sure. Was satisfying <laughs> me in those ways, but it really started to wear thin. But I mean, any job, once you do it long enough and you know exactly what they want and the limitations, it's just not as exciting anymore. So I one day kind of was moving my art stuff around from college. I went, oh, that's I remember that. Let me let me play with that stuff again. And yeah. and just was so energized with one really crappy painting going, oh, I, I missed this. Like my job does not give me this satisfaction. <laughs> and that kind of put me on a path of basically doing both things at the same time where I had a day job as a graphic designer. Weekends, I was at farmer's markets. I was at art festivals. Basically, anywhere there was tents set up trying to hawk my stuff, I just kind of started to explore art more and more and kind of, you know, do both things, never with the idea it would ever be a full-time thing. That was never the goal. At most, I thought it would pay for supplies. That was all I wanted it to do. And I was thrilled for it to do that. And that kind of put me on a path towards just, you know, doing more and more of these kind of, you know, shows and really just experiencing, finding a style. It just kind of gave me an outlet and satisfied my creativity. And I didn't even, at that point, it was, um, I was a child. I didn't know what it would be or where it would go, but this was, you know, late in life for a career because I was already, 30 playing with art back again. So I'd taken all that time off. So it kind of put yeah. me behind the eight ball of reattaching all those that muscle memory again. Mm. Oh my gosh. You said so many great things there. So <laughs> I, well, I'm going to ramble. Like, so don't worry. There'll be, there'll be tons of stuff. I talk, <laughs> I talk way too much. So you'll have plenty. I am right there with you. Okay. So I'm in my forties and I'm, I'm doing that exact thing. I'm mm -hmm. a graphic designer by day and I'm doing art because you know, it's just one of those things I love to do. I love to create and graphic design. I love graphic design and it has its creativity, 
But at the same time, I'm like, okay, something's missing for me. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not even, I'm, I'm at that place where I'm like, I, I really don't care if it becomes full-time or not. I'm, I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> exactly. And graphic design, how many times can you have a jerk tell you he doesn't like blue for some reason without, <laughs> even though that's the color that the thing should be, you know, you just get tired of that kind of, you know, bang your head against the wall and you just be like, here's what you want. Just go away. Here's what you, mm-hmm. and, you and you kind of you lose that creativity and the excitement. Like you don't get to try. I mean, I've had numerous graphic design jobs and careers over my, over my career and, None of them were ever like completely free. Even when I was freelance, mm-hmm. it's still someone else's idea, and they're not as smart as me in my head. You know, they're not as as what they're not what it should be. It's never what I should I think it should be, and that was just constantly frustrating. That's why having art again, even if you don't sell a print, having something that you can relate to. I mean, the world starts off telling you why you can't draw as a kid. I as I'm doing shows for years, people have always said, "Oh, I used to draw as a kid," and my first question is, "Why did you stop?" And they're like well, you know, I just got busy and that's what kids do. And it's that kind of, the world is beat to, made to beat that out of you, to not be creative, <laughs> to not be a child, to not draw anymore. That's what kids do. You know, it's the whole world's built against that. So to be, for us to be able to have that, one, have a talent, it doesn't even matter. It had the energy is mm. the most important part to dedicate to art, you know, makes us rare to begin with. Oh, absolutely. I don't think it's necessarily that, you know, not anyone can do it. I think it's that we're, we're all capable. It's one of those things where who, who continues, who doesn't Mm -hmm. lose that childish side or that playful side and they can't help it. You know, it's just, they have to doodle on something and, you know, it just continues and gets bigger and bigger. So I totally see what you're saying. And well, and like, like you said, it isn't, it isn't some strange, amazing talent that I've been blessed with. I have, you know, I may have, a, a, we all have this portion of talent, but it's mm-hmm. nurturing and dedicating 10,000 hours to sharpen that talent. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's all it is. That's to me, that's the biggest difference is I just dedicated time to this, that everybody has the innate ability to be creative, to do these things, but the time and effort to invest in it, you know, people it's, I get it. It's, it's a lot in life that can take away from that. And, yeah. and, and, that's to me is it's not a blessed thing. I just woke up one day and I could paint this way. You know, it took a lot of talent and a time, not talent to, to, to do this. And then, and that's a lot to ask from anybody <laughs> to, yeah, to yeah. take 10,000 hours of your life to throw down a drain. <laughs> I, I, you know, on that point, I don't know how long I've been drawing or how much time I've spent on it, but it's one of those things that it just takes over, you know, so much of my time that, it just makes sense to do, you know? And so, mm-hmm. but I know for a fact, looking at my childhood drawings, that I wasn't born with any kind of skill no. or talent. <laughs> I have, I have worked same... just 10 years ago. I'm embarrassed yeah. just still. <laughs> it's like I had the same, you know, little stick figure people as any other child did. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. And it's who sticks with it. It's who, yeah. Yeah, who keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. Who keeps plugging away. Yeah. Do you think some of that has to do with like getting validated, like through your childhood and um, young adulthood, like people affirming that in you and saying, yeah, you're really good at that. Do you think that? I, I think it, I think it definitely helps. I think my family having an artist in it, Kind of, I mean, I, I meet so many um, parents who talk to me while I'm painting at, at street fairs and festivals, and they'll ask me about like careers and should they, what should their child do? And 
it's already more receptive to an artist child these days than it was, you know, 30 years ago, you know, 40 years ago when I was a kid, I was the weird kid who drew, but my parents having an artist in the family gave them someone to relate to that. Oh, there is a job. They can do things. They're not just a starving artist, you know, living in, in a loft in, in New York. It's, it was more than a movie image to have a person help them give that validation. It definitely, they were proud of it. It was something that, you know, this is David, you know, he's, he's the artist. And that's always kind of the tag that it was. And obviously that any kind of, uh, as a kid, you're dying for any kind of affirmation from adults. So obviously you're just soaking that up, you know, desperately. But it, to me, it was always, I knew that I was going to school for art. I didn't struggle for what my career path would be in college. When I started looking, it was, what is the graphic design programs? In that way, I feel fortunate to kind of have that direction Mm. That I wasn't, you know, I've, I've had friends who were in school in senior year in college, not knowing what they wanted to do. Yeah. I always kind of knew. So that, and the graphic design was what I, I thought would be the career because that was art to me. That was what I'm an artist because I'm a graphic designer. Like that was good enough. And yeah. I was going to be thrilled to be that. Yeah, I can imagine. And I think too, have you always lived in San Diego? Oh, no, no. I grew up on the East Coast, which is, again, creatively a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, you draw lobsters and fishing boats. That's what art is. There's yeah. nothing else out there, you know. And to come out to California, you know, geez, almost 20 years ago, and to be exposed to all the artists um, who I saw do skate decks and all these, um, the uh, lowbrow art, and more of the, yeah. you know, the stuff that was on skateboards and, and hot rods, to see that tiki culture, to see all that art in one tight area, LA to San Diego. I mean, on the East Coast, there was none of that. There was no art jobs. I have a friend who's a sculptor and he sculpts Halloween masks for a career. Like, those jobs exist out here. They don't exist on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? That well, that's what I was going to say is that being in San Diego, you probably had a really good environment to kind of grow and become, you know, the artist that you are. So did any of that influence like what you create today? Like where did the, the skeleton themes come from? No, no, and you're totally right. There's no question I would not be doing what I did if I didn't come out here. Um, yeah. So I came out here, I was starting to paint. It was right about, I just was just starting to paint. I mean, I was doing abstracts. I was all over the map trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but I was dabbling in painting. And I came out to San Diego. I was in Santa Barbara first for, for a year and a half. And I came across um, a tiki carving, like uh, a bunch of guys on the beach just carving tikis and, and showing tiki art. And I was like, this wow. is so cool. Like this is, and hot rods and, yeah. and tattoos and all this stuff was mixed in and really started to inspire me. And then coming to San Diego and going to Mexico and seeing the Day of the Dead, my mind was blown. You know, I, there's no holiday like this for me. There's no opportunity to remember loved ones lost, to share stories about them, you know, to, once a year to talk about their favorite foods. Like I was jealous that I didn't have this kind of wonderful time to remember relatives that have passed. And I was so inspired by the idea of that tossing the tiki and the, all this thing, my head was just exploding. You know, mm. I just wanted to make art. I was overly inspired trying to find a style, just jamming out art all the time trying to figure out what I want to do, but, but yeah. so excited to be in a community where, and this is also back at a time when there was bulletin boards everywhere and forums where you could kind of follow other artists. And it was such a wonderful time because you could see all this work at different levels happening. And I was so inspired. It just gave me direction that I still follow today. I mean, the Tiki Hot Rod Day of the Dead is what I do. Like that is still yeah. my direction. And I'm still incredibly inspired with a pile of paintings I haven't gotten to yet that I've had for 20 years. Like it doesn't, the list doesn't go down. It just keeps being added to. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So like- I noticed like I was researching and looking at all of your work and everything. You have a very unique style, but also the mediums that you use. 
Like, why are you doing that the way you're doing it? Yeah. And that's, again, it's kind of crafted from the journey that I took. Um, yeah. When I was take when I said I had an art minor, I took um, all the, uh, didn't take any painting classes. Mm-hmm. I took all the drawing classes. I took one watercolor class. Ter- regret it forever. I wish I would have done oil painting because I've always imagined in my head I could be this great oil painter. Because whenever you are, you want to be something else always. It doesn't matter what you, what you, what you are. You always want to be somebody else. Um, but so I think the illustrative style is, is why my head goes that way. Um, and because I was doing these shows, I started doing, you know, um, again, street fairs and farmers markets, but I was always live painting. My girlfriend has been there from day one. She was always in the booth selling while I was out front doing the art. I want people to see the art made. I wanted to kind of be that, you know, Bob Ross in person again yeah. for people to see art be creative. So I needed mediums that, one, I could do um, very illustrative line work. I was a line artist. I've always been line. I see things in lines. It's just how my, my style is in my head. Mm. I needed things to basically, I wanted to do the undercoating quickly so that you could get see me get to the line detail quickly. Because mm. if you're walking by, I want you to see the, the best part. It's, it's I mean, yeah. I, the undercoatings are great and they're all important. And But no artist is going to tell you he loves laying down, you know, seven hours of underpainting. You know, it's just not <laughs> how it works. It's the details. It's the nooks and crannies that, I, that we love. So I wanted to get to that part faster. So if you're walking by and you watch for 10 minutes, you see that kind of take place. And I'm a, I'm a relatively fast painter. So if you sit there for 10 minutes, you could see, you know, two skulls be painted, you know, whatever. You could see details come to life. Yeah. And that led me to finding, you know, doing the, the acrylic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And then I was drawn to the gouache on top because I liked the uh, levels of transparency I could get that I just couldn't find with acrylics. Um and then because the enamel that I use is sign painter's enamel, and that came from doing all the hot rod and tiki shows, I was hanging out with these guys who were doing pinstriping on cars and everything. I went, oh, wow, look how that, that you're doing what my head sees. Like, that's how I want my paint to go on. And I just started experimenting with that. And then I came up with these, basically these three mediums that together fit my style, let me work fast, and were pleasing for people to watch and really compress the timeline of my painting if you're watching mm-hmm. me work. Because my whole career... 95% of the originals, like if you go to my site, I have, I have three or 400 paintings, 350 of them were done in front of people, like at festivals and fairs. Wow. We were doing, you know, 30 shows a year. So that was what I did. Yeah. I rarely painted in the studio. So I wanted something people could see work. They could be my gateway into, oh, come in the booth and see this. Look at this guy making art. Oh, that's so cool. And that's one of those things that I've talked with lots of other artists about is about the whole like doing booths and things like that. And, you know, I've asked others, you know, do they paint live in front of people and things like that at their booth? And do you feel like that really adds to, I I mean, it sounds like it, it really brings people in to interact with you. I couldn't, again, I I get it. I, I'm not gonna say I'm an introvert. I'm pretty uh, rambly because again the skills I learned as, as having a career in business and being able to give presentations helped me be able to speak in public and talk that's a, a benefit for me I get the this the fear of talking and painting live but there is nothing that makes a better impression than you creating the art nothing's going to stop people more or have them fall in love with what you do than you doing it live in front of them I, I would tell any artist I don't care what medium you do do it in front and let people see the work created. They fall in love with your story, with you, with what you're creating. It's the most important thing. Wow. It's been the number one, I don't call it a weapon, but it's the number one like differentiator. Yeah. I go to street fairs 
even even you know I, I've since retired in the last two years from doing street fairs, but before that, I was the only guy ever almost doing this out there. You know, no, everyone else is. Wow. I get it. You got to sell. If you're the, if you're a lone artist and you got to sell in your booth, it's a lot of work. You can't paint. I get that. Yeah. But if you can find someone to help you. Painting out front is the most important thing you can do. If you're a sculptor, ceramicist, doesn't matter. Get out front, let people see your work be made. That's how you differentiate yourself. Oh, that's so cool. I love that because I think that that's one of those things that social media kind of provides too. Like you're doing a lot of live painting too online, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, we do. I do live streams now because because yeah. we left the road. I do live streams. Um, we, we took a little hiatus for the summer, but we'll be back doing them. Yeah, we do them once a week, and basically it's about an hour, hour and a half. And you and I usually do small paintings, and I'm doing the that the uh, the enamel layer, so you're seeing all the detail happen. Yeah. And usually those small paintings are done in that time. So again, it's for me, it's able to share the art. It kind of fills that void of not doing shows that I miss. I mean, I love doing being out there and doing shows, but after 15 years of being on the road, it's also great to be able to paint in my jammies. So. <laughs> Isn't it really? <laughs> oh my gosh. I just love that you're doing that though. I mean, did you like, you know, how long have you been doing the live painting? Online or just yeah, in front yeah, of the, uh, online. yeah, online. Yeah. Online. So we basically started, um, she's, I want to say probably about three or four years ago. I'm a camera nerd, tech nerd anyway. So oh, yeah. to me, it was a chance to, to, Oh God, I could buy more gear. You know, it <laughs> was a chance to, to expand. And I realized that, you know, when we just moved to um, our new house about a year ago, but live streaming was the, one of the main reasons I was at the old house. I had a small, you know, 50, a room like yours, just a room. And to set up the live streaming stuff, it would take like an hour and a half for me to put up all the stuff, run all the microphones, all the cameras, just a lot of work here. It's set up 24 seven. Like I can sit down and within 10 minutes we're online. And that makes it so much easier oh, to be able yeah. to stream. And my girlfriend has just like in the booths on the street, she's here running everything. I just get over to, I get the easy part. I just paint. Uh -huh. She makes everything work. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the issues too, is like communicating with people while you're doing that, you know, like being able, I mean, I've, I've tried to do it myself and it feels like I can't, like I either have to ignore everybody uh, and just paint Yep. or exactly. I'm constantly stopping to talk to and, and, and I hate watching a stream when someone, I hate watching a stream when someone goes like, okay, what, what, oh uh, yeah, 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 hey Jim, yeah. hey Jim, these are all the guys in the stream, like, I get it, but that's not fun to watch as, as a viewer, and that's why she's great, because she'll basically just shout the questions out, so I can oh, just keep awesome. painting there and answer the question, and because I've done shows so long, talking as I paint is how I learn to paint, uh -huh. so for me, I don't need silence, I the louder it is, the better I paint, the more comfortable I am. Because I've been doing street fairs with people eating popcorn behind me for 20 years. It doesn't bother me. No sounds bother me anymore. Oh, that's awesome. Do you ever feel like you, I guess you have to have sort of that active environment in order to paint? Like, it's been a that... tough to adjust and not have. Yes, I realized it was kind of like a drug. And, and being admiration poured on you for eight hours a day is really easy to deal with. So to not have that anymore, um, it, it's, uh, it's, a ch it's not a challenge, but I do. Enjoy, I love painting live. Um, I still do events, pop-ups here and there, um, but I do miss it. I do, that's why sharing it live, I still get the same feeling. People can see it being done. I mean, that, that it fills that void, being able yeah. to still do that. I love it. I love people watching. I love noise, I love being in environments. Other artists, I love watching other artists work. You know, that makes me inspired. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. So 
What would you say has been one of your biggest struggles through your art career? <sighs> it's tough. <laughs> I guess it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's funny. It's, 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 there's numerous struggles. Yeah. Um, I would say one of the biggest ones for us has always been the financial tax, paperwork, email, marketing, that really bummer part of art, yeah. you know, the part that we don't want to deal with, you know, um, that's always been a challenge. Um, I learned too late that you should get and pay an accountant to do everything correctly. Um, <laughs> I made mistakes. I paid for those mistakes, you know, because you don't know when it's yeah. a side hustle, you're like, how much side hustle can I hide? You know, you don't know these things <laughs> when you're first starting out. And so, so that was a biggest struggle is learning how to, it's a real business. Stop acting like it's not, you know, right off your, because when you start recording everything, you get to write off your expenses, you know, you be a real business, be an LLC, like grow up, you know, and that was kind of yeah. one of the first big challenges was, okay, you're a real business now, act like one, get a website, you don't sell on Etsy, you sell on a website with your name on it so they can be there and see you and tell your story. I took a lot of things from my marketing side that mm. I brought to art and being a graphic designer, you and I both know, we already have bullets in the gun belt. We know, you know, we not use Photoshop, we know how to do things, marketing, make images for ourselves, do these marketing materials. That's a huge advantage over other artists that don't have that ability, yeah. you know? So in that way, we were able to do those things easy, but the, the financial side, tax side, managing expectations, you know, doing commissions, all these things come with challenge when you first start doing them that you don't realize the challenge until you smash into it with your face, you know, you know, <laughs> so something goes really bad and you're like, oh, that's terrible. I should have fixed that, you know, yeah. and some of those things you don't realize until too far down the road, but it's all the growing process, learning that you are a business, treat it as such. It's not a side hustle. You're just going to end up, you know, biting you in the butt, do it correctly. Yeah. Yeah, write it off. If you're going to dedicate your time and effort to this thing, then it's a real business. And I always love to share this story because it really kind of reflects um, my girlfriend and I's relationship. So way back when I was basically painting, I wasn't doing any show, nothing. It's just painting, you know, painting stuff and all different paintings. We had like a, I always joke, it was kind of like a weekend long discussion, maybe a fight. I don't know what words you want to use, but it was like, what are you doing? She's like, if you're not going to sell this stuff or show it, then paint over what you're doing and stop wasting money on supplies. And I was like, ah, she's right. Shit. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> you got to grow up. you got to get out there. If you're going to pretend you're this artist, then try and make something of it. And, and yeah. she was the inspiration and pushed me out to do that first street fair, you know, to be out there. And, and I mean, it was terrible. I'm there in the camping chair. I have some prints that are in like three ring binder plastic. Cause I didn't know you could buy like plastic for prints. You know, that's my yes. plastic. I knew you could put paper in. I mean, it was terrible, but we sold some art and the feeling was like, that's cool. Maybe we could do this more. Maybe this is like a thing, you know, and, <laughs> but to learn that and, and to have somebody push, it's, it's important to have somebody to bounce ideas off. I mean, she's the best barometer of if I do a new drawing, she's like, you've done that before. I'm like, no, 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 it's a little different. Look at this. She's like, no, no, you've already done that. Try something else. You know, it's, you need someone that could be honest with you, cut through your crap and let you know exactly what's going on. And, but that goes back to being a business and, and admitting what you are and kind of growing and being professional, you know, responding to emails. You got to be, you know, people want to like you and your art. You got to make both, you know, open and approachable. You know, you have to be a, be the art and be there for anybody who wants to talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think to it, you know, um, especially with like responding to people and making sure that you're like doing things in a timely kind of manner, you know, it's more business like. Mm -hmm. And they're not like, yeah. okay, who is this stranger on the internet that I'm buying a commission from? You know, like, are they really yes. going to follow through? 
you know exactly and, that, and and learning those those and learning those things that's why the, the live stream you hear my voice i'm a real person you see the kind of stuff take place it's all kind of letting you know that i'm not you know some weird website where the money goes into yeah. a black hole i'm a real thing i exist you know here's the dogs here's what we, here's what we do you know we're a real deal and it is right it's being professional i see artists and i'll go to their instagram and there's like 10 questions in a, in a post and they haven't answered any of them it makes me insane someone's bothered i don't care if the question you've answered a thousand a thousand times if yeah. someone has asking you about your art, why would you not answer them? Why would you slam that door in their face to getting to know you and the art? And it's just, to me, it's a professionalism, it's lazy and it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And as someone who is like, I mean, I'm an artist, but I also appreciate art and buy art from other artists too. So I'm like, if I'm, I have experienced artists that just ignore you, you know, like don't ever say uh-huh. anything or respond. And you're like, it just kind of makes you feel differently about the artist. Like you may have been following them forever and then you finally reach out to ask a yeah. question. <laughs> they don't answer it and you go unfollow. <laughs> you're yeah, like, exactly. Okay, maybe you're not the person I thought you were. What I don't know what's going on. You know, it just kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth where you're like, okay, maybe I'll move on. And it sets you up for the next time you talk to an artist. Now you're expecting that. So it makes it harder for all of us when you're a jerk because now they're expecting jerks, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's why it frustrates me so much to to see people just treat, you know, like it's some so easy to to sell art and so easy to be an artist and you just kind of treat it, you know, nonchalant like that, which is the opposite of what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's such an important lesson for artists that are wanting to make it into a business, you know, like doing that side of it like you said it has to be probably the most boring like not fun part that you just cannot. <laughs> and, and you have to make yourself do it in order to like yeah. really survive exactly none of it's fun none of it's pretty none of it you know but it is how it all works and you want to get it and the, and the sooner you do that the easier your path is because that's taken care of once you have someone who does your taxes tells you what to say gives you advice then you know what to do as you as your business hopefully blossoms and goes forward it's a lot harder to go back and fix things oh i imagine so i'm like i'm, I'm thinking okay i need to do i need to do these things <laughs> <laughs> it is again it's one of those things okay, if you're serious. selling art at any level yeah just just to protect yourself just to make sure you know you have your again things like commissions are a whole new you know can of worms like learning a good process learning what besides your rates it's you know uh, my advice is someone pays 50 percent right then booking from you mm. that way they they're invested in this they trust you they want to be involved and then you know they're in it rather than trying to I get payment after doing a painting. I mean, you learn the hard way, you know, even collectors I had years ago who were great collectors. Sometimes when I try and get payment, they're suddenly in the wind, you know, this way it was like, okay, we'll fix that. Everyone pays half up front. If I don't hear from you before I start your project, then, then we're done. And I just keep your money because you took off, you know, it's, yeah. it doesn't happen often, but you just got to learn, you learn those things. You make mistakes and, and you're again, in the beginning, you're nervous to ask for a certain amount of money for your paintings. I mean, the most common price, how much, how do you figure out pricing? How do you figure out those things? And they're, every artist is asking themselves the exact same thing. And if they aren't, they're lying. So don't worry. It's the exact same thing we all go through, you know, and you look around and go, well, he's doing that. So I'm going to do this. And that's nine percent of the time how we figure that stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm doing the podcast too, is because I know that we're all 
facing similar things, but how many people are like talking to each other about it? Or if they hear from someone like yourself that they admire and they're like, are you kidding me? He had that problem too, you know, like Mm -hmm. really, you know, kind of feels a little bit more achievable, I guess, when you know that it's a common issue. It's not (laughs) just you, you know? Yep. Motivation, writer's blocks, supplies, materials, we're all going through the exact same thing. It's just how we deal with them. And again, I always say that, you know, professional, it just means I'm better at hiding mistakes. That's all it means at this point. You know, the <laughs> difference is just being out there. It's all the same mistakes. You know, I'm just farther along the road making them. Oh, that's so great. And so on the point of commissions, have you, mm-hmm. um, that's something that I know that a lot of artists sort of struggle with. There are people who you know, just do not do them or there are people that that's their main income is all the commissions that they're getting. Right. So where do you fall with that? <laughs> so this is, this is one of those things that's changed a lot in my career. I'm very fortunate to, what I'm going to say to you, I'm very fortunate because I am in a place in my career where I can pick and choose commissions. It mm-hmm. wasn't always that way. So in the beginning um, I did whatever anybody wanted to do as we all do. But one thing I've never done and I, even when I was starting out, is I won't do other people's characters. I won't do you a skeleton Batman. I would never do a skeleton, you know, uh, anything. I wouldn't copy anything. I wouldn't do rat think stuff. I wouldn't do anything that was someone else's character because I knew one as an artist that was wrong, you know, and fan art. I never, I didn't want to be lumped in that category. So I avoided that from the beginning, but for ideas in the beginning, I did whatever they wanted to do. Cause I was thrilled to have commissions. I mean, someone's giving me money for art to do like that was, it's amazing you know, to have that ability. So in the beginning, I did all that kind of stuff. And then um, when I was traveling, because I was doing so much, I wasn't enjoying the commissions when they weren't exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, so I was experiencing this, I'm successful, I'm full-time at this point. And the commissions are coming, but they started to be like, I started to be annoyed by them. They were like a, um, something hanging over my head. I wasn't enjoying them. So I stopped doing them. Um, Cause I, I want them to get full. If you're paying for me, I want to, me to love what you're doing. It's not fair if you don't, if I'm not putting my full heart and soul into what you're doing, sure. I felt conflicted. It was time to just cut that off. So I stopped that. And then about before, even before the pandemic, about, you know, three or four years before that, I took on commissions that I really liked that I wanted to do. That we agreed, you know, because if someone comes to me and was like, and that's the biggest thing is setting expectations correctly for commissions. If someone came to me wanting an, air, an airbrush pinup, that's not what I do. I don't want to do this because you won't be happy and I won't be happy, you know. Yeah. So it's identifying that, being able to say no. And as an artist, sometimes that's what your first big like, Ugh, it's money, <laughs> and who am I to say no to money? You know, it's, yeah. it's a hard thing to learn. And then basically, got to the point where um, I was doing just the commissions I liked. And very spotty. And I, I would tell people my waiting list was two years because it was because I was just getting pieces done. When the pandemic hit, everything shifted. I was basically full commission for like a year and able to get to those commissions that collectors have been asking for for a long time. I basically went to my list and said, hey, to those you know people around, I know I pushed you off. Everything's getting moved up. You know, you can get in the stream. And they did. And they came amazingly to get stuff done. They've been waiting so long. I mean, and big paintings. Wow. Half the reason I'm in a new studio is because I was doing four by eight paintings, you know, wow. just gigantic paintings that I hadn't done before. So it really, everything, I was excited. I was energized. The the people that were getting them have been long-term collectors. So I was, it was really wow. fun to work with them on their commissions. It was really a fully happy experience so commissions have basically come full around where it was like, it was good. It was terrible. It was okay. And now it's awesome again. You know, it's kind of taken that long to get to that point. Um, 
but I found that, you know, as my prices have gone up in my career, mm. um, it helps weed out people who are serious and really committed to getting a commission. If you want a commission and you have to pay this much, you're not going to forget about me. You know, this is, yeah. this is a big part, you know, I'm there and, and, and we work together and it's really, as I've matured, my collectors have matured. Mm. It's just really become a really rewarding experience working on these. I have a piece right now I've been working on for probably about three months now. And it's a, a four by eight foot pirate scene, two big ships going next oh. to each other. I mean, it, it's hours and hours. I didn't start painting. I'm still doing the drawing portion of it because it's so much, <laughs> but, but I'm so excited. He's excited. Yeah. He wants to reference, reference older paintings I've done and put those characters in there. Like that's so exciting to capture, to have his energy match mine. Like that's yeah. really exciting part. And that's what makes commissions. I want them all to be like that. Very yeah. enjoyable. You know, to, something I'm excited to, I don't want anything to be tedious because I don't want them to not get my full hundred percent, you know, energy. Cause when I look at my commissions that I didn't like in the way, way long time ago, you know, they're good, but I, I know there's no reward for me in them. You know, I was able to, to make it better because they had these strict parameters and I learned how to share and get it as an artist. You learn how to collaborate with someone who doesn't know art, but you know what to, how to show them what they want. You know, a lot of times like with graphic design, they know what they don't want once they see it, you know? So with, with art, you can't paint it and then go, okay, I'm sorry, you don't like it, but you got to pay, you know? Yeah. So. You're kind of like, uh, I'm not sure if you know what you're really asking for, but let me show you what it is. <laughs> exactly. And nowadays when I tell them what we can add to their commission, I mean, they get so excited, you know, oh, we can do this. What's your, what's your, what's your co the color collar on your dog? Let's sneak him into the corner here. Like when I can take personal items and basically I kind of tell them that we're making a family heirloom, you know, yeah. your kids will want this painting after you're gone. Like this is a moment in your time, a moment in your family, you know, yeah. if it's, if it's a, a family portrait or whatever it is, it becomes, you know, part of you. If, even the pirate scene, I want you and your wife to be the pirates on the ship. Like let's take some reference photographs and get you guys on there. And that just, to me, that's what a commission should be. It should be part of you, what you love all rolled into one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that is awesome. And I love that you pointed out that, in the beginning, you know, you were kind of struggling or whatever, and then you were painting whatever people would ask for. Did you have anybody that like really pushed back and like wanted you to change your like your whole style and everything? Oh, definitely. In, in the beginning, and, and a couple of those got through, but I got good real quick at <laughs> picking out people who I knew were, wasn't going to match. So yeah. I would make them explain what you wanted. And, and we had, and I had a couple of commissions. You, you know, these are when I was just starting out that they didn't, at the end, they were like, okay, but I wish it would have been this. I'm like, I told you it should have been that, you know, is because I wasn't strong enough to push, you know, and say, no, 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 you should do this. I wasn't strong enough because I was just starting out, but yeah. there was definite, you know, times where I, I ran into blocks. I canceled some commissions because they didn't want to wait. I mean, all the normal stuff you learn doing commissions, but oh, of course, all the things that go badly, things that go eh, which is even more frustrating. I want you to love what I made for you that we work together on it. Yeah. If you're not jumping around, my ego goes, why don't you love it? You know, it's, <laughs> so, so you learn all those as, as, as a creator of art for somebody. It's a different thing than creating it for yourself. And you have to learn all those ups and downs and, mm -hmm. and 
really, it was all just building me a profile to be able to ask and get exactly what they want now, because I know what to ask. I know how to get there. And as a starting artist, I didn't, I didn't know what, how to cut those problems off. What I didn't know, you know, the SV contracts that say, you can't reproduce this things. You don't learn until, Oh, that guy's printing the, the commission you made for him. Now you'll learn these things until yeah. you go through these problems. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. that's like <laughs> that's a whole other like can of words. Yeah. Thank you so much, David, for talking to me today. I'm so excited that we got to talk. I love what you're doing. I love your work. I'm probably gonna purchase something eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is just right up my alley. I love it. I love everything. Well, thank you. Doing. I appreciate so, that. So exciting to get to actually talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Art Talk with April. For more information on this episode, join the Facebook group, The Art Lounge. Please subscribe and share. See you next Tuesday. Hope you have a great week.